Messy, but you love it when I can't keep my hands to myself. Maraschino whiskey pouring out from the upper shelf. You want it, I don't have to read your mind to know you want me. Caveat, I got a lot of heat, so you better be It's Radio Free Toad Bag. I just spilled red wine onto my fantastic linen pants, my summer staple, and my name is Donovan. Uh, my name is Arthur, and last night I obliterated a square Pyrex pan using the power of physics. <laughs> Hell yeah, we're coming in with destructive energy. It's powerful, <laughs> and we're going to redirect it into uh, into something a little bit more positive besides ruining pans and pants. Uh, this week, we have returned into the show our dear friend Caroline of Stasny Mav. And frequent Stasny Mav collaborator, producer of own music, uh, uh, wearer of chunky filas, and all-around good <laughs> dude, uh, Clinton John is with us as well. How are you doing, guys? Doing pretty well. I'm doing so good. I will see your destruction, and I will raise you chaos. How about that? Oh, Damn. We'd love it. We'd love it. <laughs> Don't get me started on chaos. I'll have another piss rodeo on your hands. <laughs> star star rider of the of the classic piss rodeo. Yeah, fucking yeah. Fucking A. So Caroline, we last had you on. I think that was like a year and a half ago. You you were within like our first 30, 30 episodes. We have yeah. uh, this is this is a big comeback. Oh, yeah. Bigger, better than ever. It was so much fun last time. I'm seriously so excited to just sit down and bullshit with you guys some more. Like, I know Greg and I were, like, in tears by the end of it and throughout <laughs> as well. I it's hard to maintain on, composure on in the face of the piss rodeo. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm very excited because I actually have my voice back this time. I remember whenever I talked to you guys last time, I was, like, coming off of a cold or something That's like right. that, and I sounded... Uh, a little, uh, little sickly. So I'm back and better than ever, and I'm so stoked to to chat with you guys. How are you guys I'm holding up in the... quarantine? We're well, uh, well we're yeah. both in we're both in Cincy now. I'm back with my with my family and my girlfriend. Got the cat safe across the country, and uh, you know we do this show remote, so it it, it doesn't interfere with that. Luckily, so we're we're having an alright time. Besides my my uh, my poor pants. That's right. Besides the <laughs> pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to work next week, which is going to be exciting. I get to go uh, handle uh, jewelry with the public at the unnamed retail establishment once more. So that'll be great. <laughs> I love that. Nice, dude. Nice yeah, Caroline and I have both been working. I've been working um, remotely. I'm actually in Florida right now um, because my parents have like a beach condo down here and even though I probably shouldn't have flown, I was like, when is there ever going to be another time that I can have like a month just to like crash on the beach, which is what I'm currently doing. So I've been down here for like two weeks now and I'm probably going to be here till like the end of June, probably. Damn. 
I, t- I totally feel that. That was my like rationale for, for driving across the country too. Cause it's like, I could just be out here in my apartment, like three time zones away from my family and uh, panicking or like I, I had a place to quarantine here too. Or like I could actually like spend some time with my family for this. And uh, that's been an upside to it. Well, I feel like Fuck when every dude, yeah, I feel like when everything started that initial two week period, it kind of made sense just to stay in place. But then once it hit the point where there was kind of no telling when it was going to end, I think it kind of gave everyone the free pass to choose where they were going to quarantine, what they were going to do, how that was going to look for them. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, that would have just been ridiculous for like you to without, cause you didn't have a job right in Portland, Donovan. So I was working somewhere there, but I was uh, like, I was a consultant and I was like benched. So I didn't have anything to do. I was waiting to get placed in a new position in Chicago. And obviously I couldn't move. Yeah. So it was just like so much empty time and this whole like looming thing of, I hope this job shit works out. And I also hope I don't lose my mind uh, in this apartment. Uh, Luckily a girl I'd been seeing came and stayed with me and we started dating during the quarantine and that has gone shockingly well, uh, (laughs) like considering the circumstances. Uh, But yeah. You know, it could, this could it could definitely be worse. And picky made it across the country. What more can I ask for? Exactly. Well, so we're we're gonna have a whole like I, I was telling you guys before we recorded, we got fucking inundated by questions. A panoply. And I think of we questions. sent you guys the link just a couple hours ago, so we are very impressed to uh, everybody who sent them in, and we appreciate it. Uh, I want to set the stage for these because uh, a lot of them are about. Uh, your new single that y'all have both put out together. Do you, uh, you want to give some context for that? Is this something that like came about in quarantine? I mean, maybe just kind of like an introduction of like where you're at with music right now. Uh, you, you guys are the experts. I kind of, what do you, what do you got? Uh, this song is kind of a, a, we've been sitting on it for about a year now, actually. Um, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to um, play the main stage at Nashville pride last summer and we were always kind of like talking about releasing a song together and making something together. And before Pride last year, um, I was like, this is the opportunity. And I had a song that I'd been sitting on for a bit. And I was like, well, I'm just going to like keep sending it to Clint and eventually this will happen. And then in like, I guess, end of March, April, something like that of last year, we wrote this song. And I was like, you have to like perform with me. Like we have to do this together. And uh, so, yeah, so we've been sitting on it for quite a while, but I actually, I haven't released music uh, in about a year and a half or so. Um, And so I was like, you know what? There's no telling like what's going to happen, where the world is going, whatever. I'm just going to put this shit out there because I really like it. I really believe in it. And so I released a a song on my own called Friends uh, about two weeks ago, or I guess closer to three weeks. And then um, we were like, let's do solo because Clinton's been on like a killer kick this year of releasing music. Um, so this just kind of fell in line with what he was doing. And so here we are uh, a year later, actually out in the universe with the song. Hell yeah. And Clinton, I, I had seen too, because you guys were, you, you guys lived together in Nashville, right? Like in, in normal times. Basically <laughs> we I, live I, about I, like two streets down from each other. Um, and I mean, ever since kind of the beginning of our friendship, it's always been a consistent thing where I'm always over at, their place, Greg and Caroline's, who we're talking about. Um, so I, we're basically together. I mean, I would say 
if there's a day that goes by that we don't see each other, it feels really weird. Like, and we'll both text each other and be like, <laughs> what the fuck's going on? Like, where have you been? It's like very detrimental. Um, we're kind of like both only surviving because the other is alive. It's, it might be unhealthy. We don't know. We're still figuring it out. But um, anyway, so yeah. But that's how Solo came about. Like Caroline said, we she had a track that she had done and she sent it to me. And then we just kind of like bounce ideas back and forth. It was a very easy process because um, I think when we started out, we didn't even know if we were going to release it. We were just kind of creating to create, which we neither of us do that often. But then when Pride came about and she got that incredible offer to play at Main State Pride, which was incredible, she asked if I wanted to, if if we should finish it up and, and perform there, which of course I was like, hell yeah. I mean, it's and it was one of my favorite performance I've had yet to date. Um, and then with releasing it this year, it just worked really well. I've released two singles thus far, um, Honest and Cry. Then we released Solo. And then here next month, um, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to release a third single um, called Fresh. So it uh, just worked out well. And the music video we shot last August, and that's been a process to get. Um, so yeah, kind of the cards fell and we were kind of were like, should we release during quarantine? Like, what are we going to do? But like she said, I mean, what what the hell else are you going to do? Everybody's just locked down right now. I also oh, feel like it's like the, sad. like, it's like so summer friendly where it's like, even if we can't like go out and be together, like you can still have like as stupid as it sounds, you can still like have a dance party in your living room to it. Cause it's like just so upbeat and the video is so silly. It's like summer just feels like a really <laughs> good time to put this out there. Definitely so, especially cause it's like, Y'all partying with like a, a, a bunch of other folks and uh, on a motorcycle and stuff. It's a it's a nice like, oh yeah, things can be like this sometimes. Reminder of the good be, old days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're not gonna be uh, in our in our shitty apartment bunkers, uh, you know, for for the rest of eternity, uh, God willing. Uh, well, I, I have I have like some specific questions on that, but I think uh, your guys' listeners who wrote in with questions probably like got to those questions before me. So I, I reckon we'll go into the uh, question box and just ask, ask you those questions through, through their words. Uh, two, two reminders, I guess one, you can find the solo music video. We're going to put the link in the description. Uh, fantastic video, fantastic song. All right. Like listen to the song, but definitely fucking check out the video too. Cause you guys definitely put some fucking work into that. It's, it's very good. It's and fun. Second, and also shout out, shout out to Emma Golden. She's oh. the one who uh, shot that video and edited it, and she did a really fucking awesome job with it. Nice work. Fuck yeah. And uh, our, our second reminder here, uh, normally later in the show, this is an all question box show. We got like fucking 30, 40 questions. I think for once, like we're not going to be able to get through all of them. We kind of had to pick the top ones. Uh, but if you'd like to in the future, if you're new to the show, if your if your memory centers have been destroyed by isolation and depression through these horrible <laughs> times like like mine has, you can find a question box uh, at our Instagram Radio Free Tote Bag. Uh, no, fuck Instagram.com <laughs> slash Radio Free Tote Bag. It's in the bio. You click that link uh, or on our website, Radio Free Tote Bag dot co. Jesus Christ. Like nice. I said about my memory, Hell yeah. it's fallen to pieces. <laughs> uh, it's all anonymous, and we have, like I said, a fucking whole whole cornucopia of questions here. So we're going to come in first with ones that people had uh, about Solo specifically. 
Arthur, what, what do we got there first? What was the best moment while working together on Solo? Clint, take it. Pin it down. Best moment. I don't know. I mean, it it was a lot of fun. Obviously, performing at Pride, that was like a huge moment for the song and together. But if there's one thing that I remember just so vividly from the music video shooting specifically, I don't know who, what, which one of us, it was either me, Greg, or Caroline, but we started trying to translate the song into Spanish because you know how like (laughs) artists will, when they like have like a hit song they'll like sing it in like 12 different languages. And so (laughs) we had, we were like just joking around, but then we ended up translating just like the first half of the chorus. And for the whole time that we were shooting the video, we just kept singing. It's like, and like that's like if you want to be my lover in spanish and it was just like the like literally i can't tell you how many times during that video shoot that we sang that um and that was just forever be burned into my brain of tu quiero se mi amante um in case we ever come out with the international version hell yeah please please do did you did you get a whole version together or were you just kind of some of the lines putting them together we just we kind of did our broken Spanglish that that I had from like taking Spanish one and barely Spanish two in high school, um, and we also like didn't want to get too offensive, so we were like, let's just stop there, stop ourselves while we're ahead. Because <laughs> that is a good bit. Like I like the idea. I don't know. Like Arthur and I put together an episode, and like both of us know a few words, and we try to do it in Spanish. That's simultaneously a good bit, but also it's like. I don't want to come off like I'm, I'm making fun of Spanish or anything. I'm just making right. fun of fun of myself here. I, I support that variant of the song. I'll just I'll put I'll put my tally down for that right now. <laughs> good good fucking moment though. For uh, sure. Okay, I, I'm gonna be a little touch uh, out of touch on this because uh, I don't know what Shania Twain looks like because I am just out of touch with the uh, with the youth from today and also from like 20 years ago, <laughs> right? 10 years ago. I, my sisters liked her. Here's the question. How did you hunt down the Shania Twain cat suit in your solo video? Mm. Yeah. So when we were kind of coming up with the music video idea, we really wanted to do having a rodeo like bull scene. Caroline's from Texas. She won't let you forget it. Um, as I'm sure you know, Donovan. And- Houston, oh, yeah. Houston, Texas. That's where Houston, I'm from. Texas, it's where Beyonce's from also. Multiple Texas patches on the jean jacket. It's a, it's a exactly. beautiful aesthetic. <laughs> Approximately we 17. Up- <laughs> I'm going to have to edit the previous episode. I indicated that our, our good friend Ryan was our first Texas guest, and I was incorrect. Yeah, oh, God damn it, Arthur. Arthur. He's from Houston, too. Oh, Greg I fucking too. riffed that, too. Oh. God damn it. Yeah, we it. fucked it up. We fucked that up. That's okay. We'll delete that. Like Stalin removing people from old uh, party <laughs> photographs, we'll erase that, and it will never have happened because we are all knowing. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so anyway, with the Shania thing, though, when we were kind of coming up with that rodeo bull idea, um, I mean, I'm a huge Shania Twain fan, and it's from her don't impress me much music video she's like in the desert it's just it makes no sense she's in the desert (laughs) in this like leopard print jumpsuit with a hood and like leopard luggage and these random men are just like driving trucks in the sahara coming out of nowhere being like do you want to ride she's like no i'm good like in the sweltering (laughs) sun it's just so weird and so 
I don't know. It's just like, it, it's not like any like remake of it. I just like went on ASOS and they had like a pant and, and kind of shirt top thing. And so that's kind of what I went off of for that, for that vibe. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I like the word cat suit alone. I feel like, uh, I feel like that's something I would like to incorporate into my everyday style just so I can say that word. And then when I'm hanging out with picky, I can be like, I'm just like you. I'm wearing a cat suit. Yeah. She'll totally understand. Cats, cats get these things. Cats understand Shania, Shania Twain in a way that I, I simply never will. Exactly. And, as and well that's as the way it should be. <laughs> All right. One, one more solo specific question. Arthur, let's, do, let's keep passing this ball back and forth. What I'd does like this that. ball have written on it? So this this sort of relates to the to the very first question. Uh, what was your favorite part of filming solo, and more specifically, did anyone hook up at the party? <laughs> um, <laughs> not to my knowledge. Okay, wait. Actually, I'll I'll show my hand. So we um we panicked whenever we put together that party scene because we realized like we shot this entire music video in like a day and a half. And so basically we were like, okay, we're going to do the bull scene at, you know, 8 a.m. Then we're going to go do the tennis court scene. Then we're going to go do moped scene. Then we're going to do the party. And it was just very like back to back to back. And then I want to say it was maybe two or three hours before, like right after we had finished the tennis court scene, we had realized like, oh shit, we're supposed to have like a party scene and we don't have anybody coming. Like we didn't put out any feeler on Instagram or text any friends or anything. So we all like, everybody who was like on set basically like panicked like posted on their close friends list and was like hey we have to shoot a party scene blah 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 blah. and so um our raging party scene at the end of the video is actually only like 10 people something like that and so the way that we we just kind of blocked out the windows and we had everybody that was at the house in front of the front door so it looked like there were a shit ton of people here so it was uh, rather a rather an anticlimactic party but i mean we had also been going all day so i don't think anybody was like ready to rage but uh yeah i, I was I, trashed though by the end of that. <laughs> yeah i like when we went for like the moped scene because i didn't have to drive because i like people were like driving us around i remember getting done with the <laughs> i'm the guys scene. i'm driving him around <laughs> yeah my team was driving me around my security detail was driving um it's me and my subaru forester <laughs> yeah but I I remember going back after the tennis scene and me and Greg were just kind of like at the house and I forget why, but we had probably like 10 minutes and we were just kind of sitting there and we we're like, should we like take a couple shots of tequila? So And that was probably like noon. So that was when that started. And then by the time, I mean, that end of the music video, like that was my first time watching the end of that music video because I do not remember shit yeah. that happened at that party scene. I was a, a slob kebab. As a DJ and as a podcaster, I work much the same. So, yeah, <laughs> but it was fun. Imp- impressed, it, I, and I don't know. It's like, uh, uh, well, the Batman, Patrick Bateman, dude, Arthur, help me. Who is this actor? Uh, that Christian, would be Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah. I fucking got it on my own. No training wheels. And it's like <laughs> that dude. He like he starves himself for like a few years for the machinist or something, right? It's like get in for the role. Clinton, you're putting in that amount of actor work because, you know, you're commit you're committing to the party scene. You got to be drunk for the party scene. It's method <laughs> acting. I'm dedicated to yeah. my craft. Exactly. Sue me, you know. 
Yeah. Folks, folks need to appreciate the, the dedication that, that goes into the realism in these videos so that you can connect with it on a heartfelt level while you're stuck playing Animal Crossing with your cat and eating your third bag of uh, wintergreen lifesavers that day. <laughs> oh, Like yes. everybody does, you know. <laughs> Dude, those wintergreen lifesavers fuck so hard, though. They do. Okay, thank, thank. They're I'm so glad you guys good. are on board. Okay. You ever, yeah. Do you ever age them? Do you ever, like, open the packaging just a little bit so they get, like, soft? Oh, you yeah. You have, to let them, you have to let them decant. Yeah, you just let them <laughs> kind of, like, get exposed what? to the air. Yeah, no, I, oh, I do that with any gummy candy. I, it has mm, to sit out mm. for at least 10 to 15 minutes. It's, like, the ultimate practice of self-control. But the reward <laughs> is so, it's so worth it. It also creates like a two like, texture. It's like you get like a powdery, you know, top layer and then a yes. hard crunchy like center layer. Yes. Oh, exactly. You guys are like <laughs> 10 levels ahead for me, though, because I'm always just like gambling. And those are the best ones when you find them. I didn't know you could make that fucking happen. No. And I swore yeah. I wasn't going to eat any of those mints today, but maybe I'll have to crack open a bag and have that airing out on the windowsill. Let it breathe a little bit. So I can get all the mushy ones because that's that's the best. That's the best <laughs> I don't think Clinton is capable of eating candy just like out the bag. Like he's either going to let it aerate and like become slightly stale, or he's going to freeze it. Like you got to freeze chocolate. Like it's just <laughs> you got to freeze chocolate out of the it. bag into the freezer. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely. mean, there's like I feel like what is there's one chocolate that sucks ass being frozen, and I'm I think it might be Snickers. They are mm. super gross frozen. But like, oh, it's like eating a pebble. That. Like it's so so tough. It's I so... can corroborate that. They I do make a Snickers ice cream bar though. Mm. That shit's good. But so that was my thought process because I'm staying at my sister's uh, apartment. Like I was quarantining here before, like going to my family's place to stay with them. She had a bunch of Snickers. I don't. I don't really eat Snickers. They're just kind of one of those things that's like there for me. You know, take them or leave them. But I love the ice cream. And I was like, I'm gonna freeze these things. It's gonna be just like the ice cream. And then I bit into it and I really fucking hurt my teeth. So Dude, I they're so hard. Do not cool down the Snickers. Throw it in yeah. the. Throw it in your kiln. Put a glaze on <laughs> it. Make them real mushy. That's what. That's what you want. I'm thicker no than a Snickers. Snickers. I'm thicker than a Snickers. Yes, you are, sir. Yes, you are. <laughs> okay, we have hit we have hit the solo specific questions, yeah. and as I have said before, we have so many goddamn questions. I'm yeah. thinking we do a lightning round on the rest of these. We got some more about your music. We have some uh, uh, some just kind of goofy, but also very good questions in there too. Very on brand for our audience. Some of these goof ass questions. Ab- absolutely. So we figure we lightning round these with you guys. If you hit a question where you're like, "Whoa, I have like a lot more to say on this." By all means, do that. Uh, okay, I'm going to start talking real quick because it's the lightning round. Three, two, one. Is an EP on the way? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. How hard is the rain on me choreography? I My neck was strained for five to seven business days. <laughs> it was so hard. It hurt so bad. Next question. It was More so evidence. funny. Wait, can I oh, can I oh, oh, interject yes, please, with a funny please. story real quick? Okay, literally he sent me like think of it as like a the demo version of this dance and I was like, "Oh, that's so dope." And then he sent me the next morning like it to solo and I was like, "That's hilarious. This is, you should do something with this." And he was like, "I literally can't. My neck is so stiff. I'm in so much pain." This is like 5-6 <laughs> days ago, right? Like the day after the song came out. He fucking texted me this morning 
like with the video again. I'm like, can you let your body like hang out for a second? Like you're just back at it. I tried. Gaga told me no. She said, keep dancing, you little bitch. <laughs> this is it's more evidence for the dedication to the craft by Clinton. I tell you what, man's is fucking breaking his neck for these videos. For the okay, beauty. lightning, let's go. Okay, yeah. Uh oh, it's me. Who is your favorite blonde co-worker? JK JK. What pop artist has had the most impact on your life, not your music, but you personally, whether it be their music or how they live and who they are as a person and why? Lightning round. Um, I think that's directed towards me. I have three that are equal. Kimmy, Liz, and Chelsea. I have a thing for blonde girls in the workplace. That sounds bad. I'm okay. Fully <laughs> gay. Hey, Friendship too, brother. But, um, <laughs> but for biggest impact on career, um, I like, I probably have to say Carly Rae Jepsen. I know that's mm. like ridiculous. She has mm. the, um, like, um, like the personality of a tissue box. She's so uninteresting, but her music is so good. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's so good consistently. And yeah, it would have to be called CRJ. Good shit. Good shit. Big lightning strike award for that one for both speed and quality of answer. Arthur, throw another. You're fucking Zeus, dude. Throw another lightning bolt. What's a song you've listened to and instantly thought that you could have made better? What would you have changed to improve it? Clint, you go for this. No, you go for this. Clint writes way more than I do. Um, what song did I instantly hear that I thought could be better? Uh, I'm going to have to plead the fifth on this because I think it's most people, mm. like it's my friend's music that I hear. I'm, I never like hear like... <laughs> Same. <laughs> There's yeah. a song never, like... Strangers by Stasny Mav. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she repeats the same line in the chorus. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I mean, it's it's probably like someone in like Nashville who's like, but it's not like a thing where I'm like, this is horrible. I could have done it better, but just I've been like, oh, like I would have tweaked that. But I also think I'm only able to like make those kind of like critiques for people that I know because there's less of that like allure of, oh, this is a celebrity. Because when right. I'm listening to like a superstar's music, I'm able to be like, oh, this is just like, there has that weird allure that you don't know them. But when it's your friend, it's kind of like you feel like you can be like, hey, like that line should have been different. That melody should have been different. So I'm going to play the fifth on that one. I feel that. I, I, I think that's I think that's a fair answer, especially given the uh, the weather conditions here. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm trying to think of more lightning-themed puns, and I'm getting slow, and that's just totally outside of the theme of lightning. Uh, oh, there's that football team, and the mascot is literally uh, a sentient fucking lightning bolt. Uh, okay, if you could choose, uh, I'm that guy. I'm coming in quick. I'm like a football lightning bolt. If you could choose anyone to do a collab with, who would it be? Uh, Robin. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Oh, Robin Stasny man. Be, um, Car or Charlie XCX. I would Hell jizz yeah. for both of these. These would both Follow up cause me to ejaculate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also fucking quality answer. Well, use the power of the lightning storm and listeners out there, if your name happens to be Robin uh, or Disclosure, and you know, I know that's just their first name, uh, hit these folks up because I want to fucking see that collab too. Lightning <laughs> round. Arthur, give us another one. What bands or singers are you listening to nonstop? 
right now. Robin, disclosure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, Fickle Friends. They're like my favorite band of like my, like band bands, not singular artists. They're like my favorite band band of like my adulthood so far. No shit. Right on. Yeah, I feel like in quarantine, weirdly enough, I haven't had the desire to consume new music. I want to listen to like old shit that just like reminds me of the good old days. But the three new albums I've been listening to are Lennon Stella, her record's incredible. Charlie XCX dropped an incredible record. And then Carly Rae Jepsen also dropped a B-side to her dedicated album. They're all phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) Good shit. Good shit. Um... Okay, this is the last lightning bolt in the music section before Strike we em. get into the uh, the more goofy lightning bolts. Strike them! You know, they're just a little, they're shaped a little funny. Maybe there's some strange colors. What's it like being TikTok famous? Oh my God. Okay, so um, I'm not TikTok famous. I just had like <laughs> one TikTok that did really well. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I literally made TikTok to like just make stupid videos and to kind of have a platform for music. And then for whatever reason, like just got like a weird amount of views. So um, it's, it's not a thought that ever crosses my mind. <laughs> I'll say that. Oh, can I ask what this TikTok video is? Cause I, I don't, I still, I, I missed vine somehow. I'm definitely missing TikTok. I just occasionally see one and it's usually the same goofy kind of dude with like a kind of a weird beard and a hat. He's really popular some reason but tell tell me about your tiktok here because i want i want to be hip and i want to be talking talking about so, talking there we fucking yeah got him. i um i posted a tiktok about um like how i feel like no one actually won the danimals vacation like that cruise <laughs> and it was just like a 30 second video where i was like just imploring if anyone did i was like come forward show proof like you need to let us know if you won this <laughs> because like everyone for the longest time watched those commercials that were like hang out with zach and cody in the caribbean and i was like when who the fuck won like, no one won that it's like mcmillions nobody legitimately won that it was only this one crime family that won the cruises to the Caribbean <laughs> with Drake and Josh or whoever the fuck it was. Zach and Cody. <laughs> yeah, same shit. Exactly. Just a same shit. crime boss with Zach and Cody. That's a good crew. <laughs> so yeah, and that that video got like a little over two million views, and that was Damn. the one that like kind Jesus. Of, yeah, I no. I briefly had a Vine series that was dollar store sex toys. Uh, should I just re- resurrect that on TikTok? Should I do this? Yup. Yes. How the fuck have you not talked about that? Yeah, it's good. It's a good Did, little was thing. Was it like you popular it on Vine, or was it just? A, I mean, like a I, series. my friends watched it. Friends watched it. Yeah, and I just made them. That's good and content, though. I, like I think that it's concept. good. I like that a lot. And it's quarantine. We're all on a budget. You know. Yeah. yeah. This is the perfect time. Arthur bust out them fucking dollar store dollar store toys. Hell, we'll throw a link into the fucking description in there too, if if uh, if we if we can successfully resurrect this. Um, but for now, the lightning must continue. There simply is not enough electricity <laughs> in the air yet uh, to get to the relationship questions. The thunder and so we rolls. Continue to bombard you. The thunder rolls. Uh, How it does Arthur throw a bolt? How much money would it take for you two? to fuck and do you think you'd get anything besides money out of it please be specific Jesus. this had to be greg 
I was just about to say the Greg energy overfloweth. It's so strong. Uh, And if it's not Greg, I have a friend who's a little bit more perverted than I thought, and we need to be closer. (laughs) So uh, feel yourselves. To reiterate that fever dream, how much would it take? How much money would it take for Caroline and I to fuck? Mm -hmm. And would we get anything out of it? Besides money, yes. With besides I, money, I feel like we're already very truly deeply in love, and Clinton is my soulmate. So that box is kind of already checked for me. I would say here's my answer. I feel like it's physically not possible because, like, Clinton and I, we've like been tipsy, <laughs> you know, whatever. Everybody's kissing everyone, and so I feel like the out of the two or three times that Clinton and I have ki- kissed, it's like magnets repelling each other. Like our teeth always mm. clash. It's yeah. like it, their lipstick is smudged. Neither one of us is wearing lipstick. I'm like, what is what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> so that's my answer. I don't think it's physically possible. So therefore, I don't think I can give a, a dollar amount. It's kind of a law of physics. I feel that you, you can't. It is you can't a law. Get the magnets together. You can chuck money at them, but then you're just going to have magnets that won't stick together under a pile of money. But then you can give me the money. And I, I like the way that that plays out. Question number two from this series, and I had this question too, because y'all have been, to promote Soul, I've seen like the movie poster edits you guys have put on Instagram, which are fucking great. Who is the binky bitch? What is a binky bitch? Um, Binky bitch, like, this is lightning round, right? Like whenever uh, people who are taking, you know, ecstasy, molly, they use a pacifier, binky bitch. Oh, yep. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. I, like, I, know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I like that. I like that. That was, we had to that combine was, to two combine for there. It. I think there was another person in the question person box asking two. So yeah. add that so to add your that lingo because it's fucking electrified. Because we're talking about, you know, getting lit, like binky bitch, getting lit, like having a good time. Mm-hmm. You're a baby. Mm-hmm. We're all baby. Yeah. And the, lyric, the full thing is binky bitch, a lot of people know that. Binky bitch getting lit, don't think I need an au pair, which is like, what European people call like a right. nanny. So it's like, whatever. Yeah, I'm young. I'm getting fucked up. But like, I, you don't need to look after me. Like, worry about your damn self. That's like the, the whole idea of that line. Oh, shit. I like shit. that. I like that. Arthur. Here, here it comes. Uh, here it comes. Uh, electricity bolt, please. please. How can two How? human beings be so amazing so and amazing. kind and perfect? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I love you. Yes, queen. Thank you. That's very I, nice. I put that in. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Um, that has, like, rose energy. Um, if it's not clean. Rose or no, yeah. Or no, yeah. <laughs> I think you have actually the sex mothers. question. We both, have, we both have amazing... Amazing female women leaders in our lives, Julie and Lisa. Um, they raised us right. Hell Fuck yeah. yeah. Shouts out to Julie and Lisa. Uh, please subscribe. We <laughs> love you. From, uh, secondhand, I don't know. These people are amazing and kind of perfect. And so we love your moms too. Just like you guys to know that. Clinton, tell us about the Chunky Feelas and how they became your claim to fame. Oh my god, what a story. So I um is this lightning round? Because this is not a lightning st- question. We can we, no, we can take a tangent for this because a couple people a couple people have mentioned this. I'll try to I'll try to set it to quit do a quick surmise version. So 
There was a um, a boy, shall we say, who I was briefly involved with, who we kind of had like a real quick thing last year around the fall. And um, just like he was going to school in a different state and I was obviously in Nashville. So it just didn't work out and things kind of ended on a very sour note, which I was surprised by because I didn't think that they were going to be ending on a sour note. And um, so it was like kind of one of those things. Like, I don't know if you guys ever been in that situation where like someone gets really upset about like a relationship ending or just kind of like a fling ending. And you're kind of like, whoa, like did not expect you to be this upset. Yep. But anyway, he was did the whole thing of like blocking all that jazz, which we love that, you know, we love a dramatic king. So um, <laughs> we stay in a dramatic really king. of it. We stand <laughs> a dramatic king. And so then it was New Year's Eve of this year, and I was in Louisville because there was a bioglitz party going on, and I get a notification on my phone, on my Instagram, and this kid did his damn well hardest to light me the fuck up with insults. I like, I have to have it somewhere. It was so dramatic. Basically, it was like, I think I I I have it memorized. It was like... Just, it was like, just to remind you, he was like, just to remind you, I like, think you're a despicable person. And, and mind you, this was just like this ending because I was like, hey, I don't see this working out. You live in a different state. I live in a different state. Like, that was how it right. ended was me just kind of being like, logically, this doesn't work out. And he was like, like, just to remind you, I think you're a despicable person. And he goes, I can't believe I ever wasted my time with someone who won doesn't have a college degree, and two, where's Chunky Fila's? <laughs> and then he goes on to say, and then, which I was just like, what? And then he was like, go, he was like, go back to the haystack in Ohio that you crawled out of with your unsuccessful music career, something to that <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know, it's scathing. But also I was kind of like, you know, if the shoe fits, like, am I from Ohio? Yes. Do I wear Chunky Fila's? Yes. Is do my we... career kind of unsuccessful right now? Yes. It was, so I was like, <laughs> I mean. Do we uh, do, do we in Ohio spawn from haystacks? Yes. Exactly. Yeah, Did I literally crawl out of a haystack? But, um, but no, we, we've since um, buried the hatchet or buried the chunky fila, if you will. And um, yeah, we're good now. But that has kind of become my brand because it was just like such, a, such an iconic diss. You know what I mean? It's so perfect too, because like narrowing on okay, so you you've ended this relationship for like totally reasonable logistical you know I reasons thought. there yeah. yeah but but like that's that's a straightforward you know no dig and then somebody comes back like oh yeah well fuck your chunky ass shoes bitch <laughs> I also yeah I love the juxtaposition of like. On his list of deal breakers, like not having a college degree and chunky feels were like, these are equal. This is like the same amount of egregious characteristic of a human, like not going to a four year school and like putting feelers on your feet is like equally as horrible. So you didn't get to, you didn't go to college and your shoes are too thick. You're fucking in the, in the likes of Satan himself, dude. Pretty much. Pretty much. That fucking rules, though. That that is an incredible backstory. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Art, let's get. We got like two more lightning bolts in the lightning yeah. bolt holster. Arthur, you throw one, and then I'll throw one, and then we're gonna talk about that. That would be a good transition to relationships. Then we're gonna talk about the thing that this show is about. Is your bussy tight? 
Jesus Christ. That's I the know. one you picked. I did. I did pick that one from the menu. <laughs> That's a big lighting bolt. Mine's not. I can put furniture in there. But how about yours? <laughs> how about yours? Yeah. Just a classic. Um, due to quarantine, that shit is... Yeah. Locked yes, down, Henny. Locked down. I mean... <laughs> Yeah. Every, everybody's got the TBS, the tight pussy syndrome these days. <laughs> I just look forward to the liberation in which pussies will be allowed to spread their wings and, and girth and become comfortable <laughs> with the world again because this is some old bullshit. Okay. It is. Final, final bolt of uh, electric. I can't, I just can't think of that many synonyms for lightning bolts. This was You're a, trying too hard. I'm going to keep doing it. A big piece of AC, DC, Nikola, Tesla energy. This is the last one. (laughs) Left question for Clinton about how he's changed moving from Ohio to Nashville. Same question for Caroline from Houston to Nashville. P.S. I love you guys. This is from Jordan Jackson. Shouts out. Um, Oh, Jordan. And thank you for that. We we love Jordan. We love Jordan. Maybe like a kind of abridged version, because that is a big change, I'm sure, for both of you from from kind of like one scene to to another one. Wait, what was the question? Uh, so just like how between both of you, so for Clinton moving from Ohio to Nashville and Caroline, you going from Houston to uh, Nashville, uh, they're wondering like how how you've changed uh, from you know from that move. Oh, 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 okay. Like the differences. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, I mean, I used to wear American Eagle, and I don't do that anymore. So that's probably the biggest change. <laughs> I mean, I think too. <laughs> the the real thing that I think both Carolina will agree is we um, crystallized in some into some big old homos. I mean, we just really dug our feet into that um, unstable, chaotic, homosexual like land and lifestyle kind of, that we chose yes we chose that lifestyle yeah people say you, you don't choose to be gay bitch i chose i made conceded <laughs> choices along this route to be as gay as possible <laughs> to maximize uh, yeah i feel like for both clinton and i like we were fucking babies whenever we moved here so i mean we grew up here you know what i mean like i, I feel like nashville is really cool in the sense that I'm glad I like grew up here and spent my early 20s here because I think that doing that in Houston, it would have been a little overwhelming. Um, And, you know, Nashville, I felt comfortable enough to like come into my own skin and just like coming out in general. And like that's the other flip side is like, yes, the music scene is like kind of daunting. But also at the end of the day, like Nashville's a really small city. So it's really easy to like get acquainted with kind of everybody. I mean, I feel like I've been here for seven years and I feel like both Clinton and I, whenever we go somewhere, one of us runs into somebody, you know? And if we, you know, it's right. a shocker if we both don't know that person. Well, plus, you guys are playing fucking Pride on the main stage. So I'm sure you got fucking people, like, coming up to you at this point. That's, that's rad as hell. Yeah, I mean, it is it is definitely cool. I think that the weirdest thing is, like, both Caroline and I moved to Nashville for music. But I don't really feel like I was, Caroline was, but at least for myself, I don't feel like I was doing music for the first like couple of years I was here, like, yeah, I was doing music and involved in like creating and writing, but it's only been within these last couple, like within probably the last six to 12, maybe two years that I've really like actually been 
realize what I've like been doing. So Nashville has been really transformative with kind of myself as an artist and kind of how I do music. And I mean, I'm sure that process would have happened anywhere, but um, I still can't like deny the fact that I Nashville is really a transformative city for me. Yeah. And I would argue that like, for me, just I, I don't think that the career that I've had so far, like doing my first band or my second band, like to Stasny to like now these bitch fit parties that I'm throwing, like I don't think I could have had a career that was like as encouraged and like supplemented by like the people in my world who like just genuinely supported me, like either, you know, with words of encouragement or like their skills, like photographers and videographers and, and artists and stuff like that. I don't think that could have happened for me in any other city. And I think it's that perfect blend of creatives, like enough creatives in a small enough city where it's just like, I I genuinely feel like I've been lifted up by my community here. And I'm not sure that that would have been present, especially in a bigger city like Houston. Yeah, I I totally feel that. I always tell people uh, like moving to Portland from Nashville, like fucking two thirds of my friends are like related in some way to music. And so even though it's like a little bit of a smaller city, like a big proportion of those folks are like talented in some way doing something adjacent to that. So I feel like it's, it's easy to connect with a lot of those people, which is, which is pretty rad. I of course was just adjacent to this and drunkenly telling people about my podcast where Arthur and I talk about, uh, uh, relationships and ghosting and, uh, uh, you know, penis liquids and shit. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's cool to me. Like even just as kind of like an outsider that going to people's shows and shit, it was fucking rad that like almost every fucking person I knew, was like doing something fucking cool and like any weekend somebody's gonna be playing some kind of show or Caroline some of the parties that that you guys were throwing with the housequake stuff too. I know I went to a couple of those. That's yeah. fucking that's fucking rad. I'm glad that has worked out for you guys and fucking hey. You guys were a big part of uh of that city for me, so I'm I'm glad to talk to you uh again from from the corn stack in Ohio that I'm, I'm currently uh, <laughs> residing in yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the apartments here. It's just, you know, it's just hay bales and you, you yeah. inspect whatever hay bale looks the best to you. What do you say? We move into some relationship questions and get into our core competency as a program. Donovan. Hell yeah, dude. That's a great idea. I never would have thought of that. I appreciate bringing it up. <laughs> What do we got first from relationship questions from the question box? This one is uh, kind of a quick one. I think we can kind of move through this one with some alacrity. Uh, have you ever ended things with someone over text? Um, yes. That one, the chunky feel boy, <laughs> that was ended over text. But it was, it was a very, like, and Ness, it was like not a opportunity to end it not over text. But right. I also think that there is something to be said. I think back in the day it was kind of insensitive to end things over text. But I think it's I think things are kind of changing a little bit now. Um I mean like I would if someone specifically asked me to hang out and was like, Hey, like let's hang out to break up with me, I would have been like, Why didn't you just like text me? Like you made right. me like take time out of my day. So you could like look at the pain in my eyes as I'm like choking back yeah. tears. Like I'm n- not for me. Interesting. No. I don't need but I, but I definitely time have. to feel bad. Exactly. I, I totally so that you can. Bad. Yeah, I don't. I don't want that bullshit. Because there's there's something to be said for the face to face. But I'm in that same boat. Like even if you're the person doing the breakup, like sometimes 
Uh, I mean, even a call too. It, 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 I don't know if it's a really fucked situation. I think text is totally fucking acceptable. Or if you're just, you know, you don't have that fucking energy to give to like go through some uh, rough stuff, you know, and like set aside time for that, you know, because everybody's going through shit. Uh, but especially for like, I don't know, the last person I broke up with, I had to do over a phone call because it's like, if you put my anxious ass in person to do that, I'm not going to be able to like explain myself. Well, I'm not going to be able to articulate well, and that's just an uglier situation for everybody. So Dude, Donovan, that was totally it with that situation with yeah. the chunky feel boy was, it was <laughs> like, I had just come back from Christmas break at home and Christmas break. had consisted of like drinking every day, very much yep. as yep. you do on Christmas yep. break. Yep. And I literally came back to Nashville, getting ready for like work the next day my anxiety was so high and I was the, the idea of like having to set a time to meet one-on-one in person to have this conversation was like, I mentally could not pull myself to be like, yeah, let's meet tonight. And I was like, look, I can give you a call or we can end this on text. But like, I, my, I do not have the emotional capacity to meet one-on-one and that's, that's what that was. Exactly. I think that's But I did I, I did I did I did articulate that to him. I was like, "Hey dude, here's the deal. Like this is what's going on." And he didn't take that too well. But, you know, I I understand it on both on both sides of things. I feel oh, like it, it has to do with like duration also, right? And like the seriousness Absolutely. of it. Where it's like if you're dating dating like exclusive for like 6 months, you should probably do it in person. You know what I mean? Like you should probably have that yeah, conversation. Totally. But if it's something casual, I feel like text is fine. I will say some communication like that, you know, even if it's just text is better than no communication because like being ghosted is the worst fucking feeling in the entire world. And if you're articulating where you're at, I think for the most part, people are going to appreciate that because I don't know. I feel like half the people I know, myself included, have some kind of fucking severe anxiety. And as long as yeah. you kind of get that across for the most part, I think people will get that. And if they don't, and especially if it's a short fling, like you're talking about, Caroline, then like, fuck that person. They don't deserve a f- me getting in a car and driving to you. And then we, we're, then we're sad yeah. and angry together. No, but nobody wants that either. But, that also makes it ah. seem so much bigger of a deal than it actually is. Like people date and it doesn't work out the majority of the time. It's like, just let's call it what it fucking is and like move on. It's, sure. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of effort going into like, ultimately we're just going to feel worse from the in-person thing. So I, I, I support this. And, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Articulating, I think is, I think is good, but especially if it's somebody shitty, you don't fucking owe them anything. Yeah. Yeah. Under three months, text is fine. Over three months, you got to call at least. Love hard and fast rules. Yeah. Love a, them. A little, a little voice at least. I like that. We'll put that on the RFTB 10. At least like a, at least like up. a voice text, you know, like how you can do a voice text <laughs> message. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, hey. Hello. Hello, how's it going? How weird is this? Normally we text, but you can hear my voice now. Anyways, we're fucking done. <laughs> Talk to you now. <laughs> okay. Uh, as someone in the queer community, what is the most frustrating slash annoying thing you see in heteronormative relationships that perhaps Everything. limits the successful oh, progression Everything. of our relationships? <laughs> Also, tell me you love me on air and announce mine and Timmy's and Harry's thruple engagement. Timmy and Harry. Uh-oh. Oh, Brenna. Brenna. Um, she loves 
Timothy Chalamet and Harry Styles. Um, Cute. So Very good. It was what? Good, that good was catch. Good that was going to be real fucking sad if you had a fan. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so the question was, what things in heteronormative relationships do we feel like can hinder the queer community? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, as somebody in the queer community of our relationships, I, th- I think that's kind of the, the crux of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that I don't necessarily want to kind of, I mean, I do love demonizing straight people, but I don't want to <laughs> just, it's worth it. Just put it on them. I think that there are a lot of, th- I know I mean, it is heteronormative, but just the kind of idea of, I think that it's about like for gay guys of kind of this, who wears the pants, like, well, who's like the girl who's like the guy, right. um, kind of deal and idea um which i mean that's kind of like a classic one but i think that it, it plays into a lot of things i think that i think it's what's confusing is that's one of my favorite parts about gay relationships is that kind of aspect of we can both take turns paying for dinner like it doesn't just have to be one of us like when my brother was dating a girl i was so just blown away that he was like yeah after we broke up i save i've been saving so much money because I'm not paying for two meals every time I go out. And I was like, that is just literally insane. Like I can't even imagine. So I, one of my favorite things like I should say about gay relationships is that ability just to be able to flip and be versatile. You know what I mean? Um, in, in like kind of the roles that people are playing. Cause that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess the only straight dude, uh, this is in true. here, I'm, this I'm is out true. here perpetuating. Probably is Arthur gay? Normative. I am. I am bisexual. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, uh, but I, but I totally agree with that, and and even more so that like, why do you need to establish this this submissive power dynamic in a relationship? Like, if that's your thing, like if you're into some BDSM stuff, like by all means, fucking go off. But the fact that that's like, that's just such a thing, because I've fucking heard people like ask. Uh, like gay friends or like gay folks I've known or just ab- about uh, people in general, like, like oh, top and bottom type shit. And it's like, it's just hilarious that people's mindsets have to immediately go to like, who's, who's got the power. Like who's the, who's the, the masculine fucking badass presence. And I it's think like, that's, that's capitalism. Just such a shitty premise. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it too. It's just such capitalism. a shitty premise for a relationship. Why do you want to have a situation where one person's like, I'm fucking driving and you can, you can like fuck off. It, it's just bizarrely insecure and dysfunctional. Cause I don't think, I don't know, man. Why does anybody like that? Like trade who pays for it dates trade who fucking picks what you're going to do. It's more interesting that way. You know, I think it's mainly just detrimental for like heterosexual people. That idea that kind of every single man and woman relationship has to look the same and have the man who kind of, wears the pants and is the protector and the provider. It's so crazy to me. And I think that it just is so detrimental because there are so many men who are sensitive and they feel like they aren't able to show that side of them without looking weak. And there are women who want to be more, have more control and be more powerful. But society has told them that anytime they show that they're powerful and control, that they look like a bitch and that they're being controlling when it's just like people can have different dynamics and relationships and that's totally fine. Not exactly. And a lot of times those aspects that are outside the norm, maybe like a really fucking cool or great aspect of somebody's personality. And if you're just like, well, no, it's supposed to be this way. So like, fuck all of that. 
that sucks. sucks. You're like missing out on a whole, you know, part of this person that ostensibly like, you know, you're really into if you're together, uh, you know, on account of it's, you know, it's weak or something to, to be any different than that. So that's it, it. Shit sucks. That <laughs> sucks for everybody. Don't, don't be one of those people. My fellow straights stop being a fucking dick. You fucking stop it. <laughs> can I, can, this isn't necessarily, line. this isn't necessarily like detrimental for the queer community. It's just like as a human being, like a living, breathing human being, it's really hard to see this. Like whenever straight couples go out to dinner and like the girl is like done up, she's got makeup, she's got a hair to like, she's got a cute mm. little outfit, cute little shoes. And then the fucking jabroni that she's dating is wearing like <laughs> basketball shorts and like an and one t-shirt or like an old fraternity t-shirt with flip flops. I'm like, you know you can dump him, right? Like, you don't have to stay with him. You deserve so much better than this. I would just say in general, men, <laughs> hold up your end of the bargain, you know? Dress I up. agree with this. That's, Wear a polo, you know? That, that stuff's fun, too. I say that as somebody who was, like, the basketball shorts, dude, until I was, like, 20. And I look back in shame and also, like, boredom. Like, it's another thing where, like, there's this whole section of life like fashion that's fucking fantastic and fascinating and you could do a lot with and a lot of expression. Uh, but again, oh no, dude, like that's gay. And so, so many fucking straight ass dudes just write that off. And granted, if you're somebody doing that, I don't know, you probably were going to dress like shit regardless, but you know what I mean? You're cutting off a whole fucking chunk of life you could be experiencing. So you could be Billy at badass and your fucking uh, big dogs t-shirt, you know, while your girlfriends, you know, put some actual effort into it. It seems unfair, you know? And I, yeah. I will take credit, though. I will say, like, I think that for not take credit, I will acknowledge the fact that, like, a lot of those kind of stereotypical gender roles seem to uh, permeate, like, lesbians a lot more than I feel like with gay men. Because, like, I feel like in, in a lot of lesbian relationships, and I don't necessarily identify as a lesbian, but, like, in, you know, girl-girl relationships there's much more of a, like, who's the guy, who's the girl, like, who's going to present more masculine and, you know, wear cargo shorts and, like, you know, have these more masculine, you know, uh, kind of interests or whatever, and then who's going to be the more feminine one. And, like, I've seen, like, even in Nashville, like, kind of uh, different little cliques in lesbian community, like, they are the more masculine type, therefore they talk about women in a really degrading way. And, like, that's not mm. cool. Mm. That's also a byproduct of a system that has been in place for, you know, umpteen years. But it's just like, I think that that is very much a problem with uh, the kind of lesbian community that has been kind of a byproduct of straight relationships and dynamics. May I, I share a... even thought of that. That's, that's interesting. May I share a weirdness that I experienced uh, as a bisexual man trying to internet date of late? Please, please. Uh, let's talk to this guy on OKCupid today. And uh, we got to talk and we established that uh, we have similar interests and perhaps we might like to go on a date. Awesome. And then he asked me, are you affectionate? And I was Weird like, question. and I, I said, I'm kind of a cuddler. Yeah. And he goes, do you like to kiss? And I said, listen, 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 listen. listen. I'm a bisexual man. I have dated uh, women for a number of years I've dated men uh I have only encountered this question with other men and the expectation that it would be any that your partner would be anything other than affectionate and like kissing seems very strange to me <laughs> <laughs> Totally Uh so 
I don't know. Perhaps this person is a psychopath and I shouldn't meet up with him. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I think that I think it's that's an interesting situation. Um, I think that there can be some asking, like he's basically asking, do you come off as gay? Right. That's no. What, is that what you. Oh, mm, that's, that's what I get. That's asking. That. I don't think that's what he's asking. Help me. At least where my <laughs> mind is going with this is I think that one thing that can be good in the gay community is that there's a little bit more room for kind of what you like and what you don't like and being able to kind of draw those boundaries of, hey, I don't really like cuddling or I don't really like doing this. Whereas in straight relationships, it's like everyone loves cuddling, everyone loves kissing, everyone Mm. loves this. And I think that it's like some people don't like I'm not a huge I'm honestly not a huge kisser. Like kissing is very, very intimate to me. I don't like love, love, love it. I have to be like really close with someone um, to make out with them or to like want to do that. And so I think that it maybe he's a psychopath and is going to murder you. But um, <laughs> I also think there's a possibility. <laughs> I also think that there's a possibility that he's just like, hey, like, what do you like? What are you into? Because like, if you're not trying to like make out at the end of our date and you say like, yeah, I don't like kissing, then he's like, okay, cool. Like, I won't try to kiss you, but we can like hold hands. I don't know. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I, I guess it would kind of depend on the tone. Because maybe, I don't know, benefit of the doubt. Maybe this guy's coming with that because, like, he's hoping you're somebody who's open to that and you're not going to be, like, closed off and hyper-mask and shit and just trying to, you know, suss it out. On the other hand, though, like like y'all are saying, hopefully he's not, like, you know, looking at that, like, as a negative. Like, I hope you're not uh, this because it's bad. Like, hopefully it just right. comes from a place of preference. Maybe that- Caroline is right, though. Maybe he was saying, are you affectionate, kind of asking would you be willing to be affectionate with me on our date? Kind of yes. trying to suss out how masky is. Maybe I'm totally off par here. Or, or just comfortable with expressing that, uh, you know, on, on a date, you know, as, as two men, uh, where that's more noticeable to fucking, uh, normies who may, you know, potentially be, be shitty. Like I can understand how yeah, they take a bit of comfortableness to, you know, to be okay with doing that on a, on a date. Yeah, because I feel like we've probably all been on dates where, like, it looks like it could be just two friends hanging out, catching up, or there's mm-hmm. dates where, like, you're already holding hands within 30 minutes or, like, you know, being more touchy-feely, whatever. I mean, there is, like, right. a pretty big spectrum with that. And maybe this person is really uncomfortable by one or the other and that, you know, he wants to, they want to, you know, put that out there. I don't know. Well, where did it leave off, Arthur? Did you, are you... Well, what's going on? Uh, we spoke briefly about video games, which is a, a subject about with about which both of us are uh, pretty passionate. Asked me what games I've been playing. Uh, told him that I was playing Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operation Two quite a bit. Same. Really? You've been playing MSGBO Two? No, I'm just fucking with you. Fuck. <laughs> a, I was looking for more. I was looking for more people to play with. But uh, and then he told me he liked Shadows of Mordor. I said, uh, "Oh, I heard that series was oh, really popular, but I could never really get into it." And then it died. And then it died. Oh. So you can't I think, diss the man's think, games, Arthur. Yeah. Well, I was just not into fucking... What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Play Wait, fucking Shadow Mordor when it's not my thing? <laughs> what was the transition from, hey, are you affectionate? What games are you playing? Like, what was the, like, kind of bridge in between the two? Um, It was it was reasonably smooth. There was a there was a phone number uh, exchanged. Uh, uh, actually, okay. the, very, the very most recent uh, message on the OKCupid service is from me saying... Haha, <laughs> there was an extra digit in your phone number. 
because oh, he must have no. typed he must have typed his number in wrong because when I went to text him I was like oh shit that's that would be eleven digits with the area code that's that's too many numbers. So that's I, always a big jump. Twenty fifty with his eleven <laughs> digit super number. <laughs> that's always a big jump though, going from the dating app to texting. Homie went quick. Homie fucking made the move right fast, which uh, to me. Uh, signifies that he would like to show me a photograph of his penis, but to my functionality is I'm going to send him memes now, and he's fucked because yeah. he's got <laughs> he's got very good memes incoming. <laughs> you got to keep it. You got to like give us an update next episode too. Yeah, if you're, if, yeah. If you're feeling up to it, because I uh, it is weird how something like that could be so so just kind of. I don't know. Like, again, asking that could be a really sensitive thing to ask, or it could not be, or it could be yeah. murdery. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm curious here. We, we he works. Have, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was about to say, he works in retail, too. Potentially very exciting situation. It would be nice to date somebody on my level for once. <laughs> Worst case situation, you fucking unionize and you take over the unnamed retail establishment. Yes! Bring it into the uh, workers' hands as it should be. So I don't know. I, I, I'd throw a ball on that one. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but if it, if if no, did anybody else have anything on this before we go into the next one? I would throw two balls on that one. Alright, Arthur. What else? What else we? Uh, what else we got in these relationship cues? Up next, we have this one that go like this. My fiance and I started our relationship off with long, spirited debates about all kinds of things. It was one of the things that made us fall for each other, the quick wits and willingness to talk about tough stuff. Over the years, I've lost my confidence, and thus those conversations are rarities. Can you give me advice on how to get back to a point where I can confidently philosophize and debate without feeling like I'm being rude to her or steamrolled by her? This was posted by Spencer from East Nashville. This is the rare uh, non-anonymous question box question. Spencer asked this question. I would mm. recommend, this is, this is where my head goes first, um, go on a road trip together. Because if you are mm. like committed to the only way we're going to get to this destination is if we make it in this like tunnel that we're going in, you have to figure shit out. Like You have nothing else to do but talk to each other. Because like, you could listen to music for like the first 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Someone's going to break and be like, we have to talk. Like we have to like hash this out. And like, I feel like from like my own personal relationships and also from like my parents and my friends, parents, like growing up, I feel like road trips were kind of like the, the, the neutral ground because you don't have to worry about like, is anyone else around or like privacy or whatever. It's just like, we have these four, six hours together in this car Let's like, let's try to reconnect. Let's hash it out. Let's, you know, like, honestly, even for like platonic relationships, like whenever Greg and I stopped touring together, we had to like find time to like communicate with each other because that was just all we did whenever we were touring. We were just in the car, you know, solving all the world's problems and stuff. And so I would say just a, a, a tip, go for a road trip, go, go somewhere together. Try to reconnect. Good ass advice. It is. I think that uh, general concept too of of putting yourself in some kind of activity that's conducive to this is big. Because Caroline, like we, like you're saying, you know, you can like I got a, I got a lot of friends I keep in touch with, uh, you know, at a distance, and it's a lot 
easier to have more conversations rather than like a phone call, like every couple months or some text or something. Like if you've got an activity you're doing together and it also takes a little bit of pressure off of like the conversation itself. Cause that's what happens in road trips. You know, some you're talking a little bit and you, you stop for a little bit and that's normal. It's not like a, it's not like an awkward thing. So I think something like that is, is definitely a good idea. I I'd be curious too. Uh, Cause you're saying that this was something you were at a good place with in the past. And it was a big thing for you guys. You like really connected over this, but you've kind of fallen off and it, it, they're mentioning that you kind of lost some confidence here. Question asker and uh, your, your partner, you know, you're saying steamrolled by her, or maybe you were rude to her. Like maybe there was some clashes over this. Another way to approach this. If this, if this was a place you were at that you both enjoyed and it's fallen off, and I mean, I don't know, this works in the same spirit of kind of like philosophizing and debating that you're talk, talking about and tough subjects. I would maybe just directly bring up the fact that like, hey, we used to do this a lot. I've been feeling less comfortable and less confident, confident recently. You know, maybe if you have reasons for that, bring them up and have a conversation about that. And I think sometimes if you can smooth those things over and, and air them out, then you can move on from there as opposed to being like, oh, it's going to be too hard to get into this. And so you don't. And then it's harder to get back into that because you haven't talked about it in forever. You get the idea. So I, I say Caroline mode, hop in a fucking car, go for a little trip together and then bring up that question, not in like an accusatory way, but in a like, you know, I liked when we used to do this. I'd like to keep doing this. I've been having trouble for these reasons and see if you can get somewhere with that. I, I, I kind of think that's your move. Yeah, I couldn't agree with Donovan more. I think that if you tell someone hey, this is something that I love about you and loved about us. I want to get back to it. I think that's really diffuses a lot of tension. Like it would be tough for someone to rebuttal that with not being open to changing, at least in my mind. I also think something that's important to remember is kind of knowing yourself and kind of being able to set boundaries. I think that there are some times just as humans where we can't have those hard conversations kind of like what we were talking about with the breaking up with people where you're just not in the headspace to even have that conversation and I think knowing that about yourself and saying hey babe it's 11 p.m at night um I had a hard day at work I can't talk about really deep like philosophical things without kind of feeling like I'm going to get short with you or be rude or get steamrolled. So kind of knowing and having those boundaries with those things and being able to say, hey, I can't have this conversation right now. Let's let's have this conversation at a different time when I'm able to kind of go back and forth and debate and be in a, a better headspace. Um, I think that headspace is really important to make sure that you're not being offensive to her and also have the confidence in yourself. So, um, but yeah, that's what I would say. Very good point there, bringing up the the feelings part of it. And again, I, I don't know. I've talked about this a bit on recent episodes because this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. But a lot of folks who are very good at like talking about hard subjects are interested in that sort of thing, like myself included uh, at, at times in the past and still working on it. A lot of times, like feelings are just this more nebulous thing that you can't really, sometimes you literally can't put into words like what what the feeling is. And I think that, kind of dissuades a lot of people for, from talking uh, about that for, for whatever reason. But again, like that has an effect on you. Like, like you're saying, Clint, you can't talk about this shit. If you just had a rough day at work and talking politics is going to drag you all the fucking way back down. Sometimes you just can't do that. But opening the door uh, by like expressing 
you know, your own feelings there and actually talking about that with somebody, I think is a little bit infectious because then it shows vulnerability on your part. They then see that, okay, you're comfortable sharing this with me. I can talk about this too. I think that opens a great door. And there's a whole, there's just so much to talk about in that department. And if you're looking for like these long kind of spirited talks, I think that's just really good subject material. You know, if you haven't really gone there yet. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally agree. Totally agree. I had, I had this skill kind of rot uh, with an ex of mine. uh, When things started up, Uh, we would get into spirited debates and uh, towards the end of the relationship, I would, something difficult would come up in terms of conversation. And I learned to just go, no, okay, you're right. And she would say, what are you talking about? Like, no, you were just saying that. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I won't have it. I won't have this with you now. <laughs> it gets too hard. You just don't have You're the right. energy sometimes. And that's totally understandable. And uh, I had uh, uh, bipolar disorder for, you know, it's based on my understanding of the way the uh, uh, genetics works. I've had it my entire life. I had it diagnosed at like 27. So I was definitely in a, in a very deep depressive slump. Uh, during these times and it uh, it rotted the relationship away. So if you feel like you've had a long-term change in your ability to sort of engage with these topics and you're not capable of doing it with any sort of regularity and you never feel like you're ready to, to talk about these kinds of things for fear of um, offending or potentially souring the relationship, uh, maybe look into your own mental health and uh, figure out where you are with that. That's a big thing, too. And, Clint, what you're talking about with knowing yourself, I think that's a big component. Because sometimes you got to have help to kind of figure yourself out. You know, everybody's pretty fucking complex. Everybody's been through a bunch of shit. There's a lot of layers to untangle. And it's kind of counterintuitive, because you're like, well, this is me, I should know this. Uh, but a lot of times you do need somebody else's help to kind of figure that out, whether that be therapy I have... or talking to a partner yeah. who knows you well, has a different angle on you. So air that shit. I I think that's always good. I don't think that can lead anywhere wrong as long as you're both approaching it from a place of understanding. And again, not like a accusatory or like condemning way. So feel some shit, dude. Talk about feeling some shit. We love it. I have no idea what I'm feeling 90% of the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough. It's tough. Especially if it's intense feelings. Because that then overwhelms like your thinking ability. And then you're just kind of stuck, like, I feel horrible. And then you don't even have the capacity to try to figure out why. That's the worst fucking feeling, man. Or to even know know that you're feeling terrible. Oh, that's the best. Isn't that the best? (laughs) That you feel like shit and you have no fucking clue that you feel like shit? Oh! Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's my favorite. TLDR, talk about those fucking feelings. Don't let them build up. And I think that will lead you back to where you're, you're trying to be here. Um, we, we have a couple more. Uh, Caroline or, or Clinton any, or Arthur, anybody anybody got any last thoughts on this? Oh, no, I, was, I, I completely agree with you guys. I mean, it's like you have to talk about it and you have to be vulnerable. And that's really, really hard. But if you've built up the courage to do that, you have to express it. But I, I think that a very important component of that is the other person has to be willing 
and receptive and not just shut off from the beginning. Cause I know that that's like the hardest thing in the world to be like, Hey, like, remember when we used to do this? I really miss that. And like, I'd love to get back to that place. And then the other person's like, you know, Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And just like gives you either false bullshit or is like, I know I'm sorry. I just blah, blah, blah. and makes excuses. It's like, that doesn't really work mm. either. It's like, you have to have two people working towards the same goal almost. Um, yeah. Talking about shit's great. I was just saying road trip because that is a great way to just get shit out there because you have a limited amount of time, you have privacy, and I feel like that's really hard to pin down that situation for, you know, young working people. It's tough. Yeah, everybody's got a million things coming on, and if it's two people, like, how the fuck are you supposed to, like, sync up not only your schedule, but, like, how you're feeling emotionally, too? Yeah. So, activity like that where there is nothing else you can comfortably talk about it. I, I I think, I think setting like you're talking about it, just perspective you're coming from. That's a big component too. Uh, yeah. Cause it sounds like, I mean, also, that's like a, that's a big issue. If you are an intellectual person and your partner's an intellectual person, and that's one of the things that like lit y'all's fire and you don't have that anymore. Chances are that's a, an, a one issue that stems from a lot of other issues. You know, it's not like, hey, like, I wish that you did the, the dishes more. Or I wish that, you know, it was something petty like that. Like, that seems like a pretty deep-rooted kind of thing to, to tackle. Absolutely. And again, that's why it can be hard to dredge up, because it is it is hard to bring that stuff up without coming across like you're attacking the other person. And that's just going to entrench this further. You're going to be farther away from it. So... Be vulnerable and let, let your partner here know that it's it's okay for them to be vulnerable, too. And if they're not feeling it, too, like, be a little responsive to that. You know, don't just totally. force this on them because God knows where they're at. You know, it's the same situation. Maybe maybe they're in a rough spot, too. But I, I, I agree. I think there's got to be some other stuff under the surface here. And I, I, I just do your best to kind of examine that because you do it. You ultimately, you have to put in work to fix those things. You know, the relationship doesn't have to be over because... Things have fizzled out a little bit. It's just sometimes mm-hmm. you got to put in the fucking work to to discuss that and, and address that together, which is fucking hard. But you know, your, your fucking fiance is. I reckon this person's worth it, so I I just give it your best shot. Spencer, I hope that helped. <laughs> Clint, did you have something else? No, I was just gonna kind of agree. Also, I think one thing about the road trip that can be really good is. I'm the type of person that I really kind of have like my my memory I a lot of times will attach like as I'm saying this like I'm the only like sometimes like smells bring back memories yeah fucking every that happens to everybody but um <laughs> I will like attach memories like we all do to like visuals and stuff and I think it can be helpful like having a really tough conversation at your home can kind of like you can walk downstairs and be like wow I and brought back to that memory and that emotion of like uh, having that really fucking tough convo. When you're in the middle of Idaho, Idaho. talking about this type <laughs> of shit, it's kind of like you kind of feel like you can kind of just leave it there and just like move on from that. Um, so yeah, road trips. We can never go to, to rural go. Idaho again. Our relationship <laughs> is ruined. Our vacation prospect is destroyed. Not Pocatello. <laughs> there was so much there for us. <laughs> Well, fucking hey, to Spencer out here. That was a good ass fucking question. I yeah. I, I quite liked that. Uh, I, we have we have two more here. These are these are a little more straightforward, a little lower key. Maybe we uh, end this pod in a goofier place. I'm gonna read this next one. What is your go to breakup song? 
Mm. Mine is I've only had one breakup. Um so I feel like I feel like breakup songs are kind of specific to like each breakup. Like I think that I don't know. I've I've only had one, but the one that really stuck out to me um was it was Leon and it's this song called Tired of Talking and it was just like some of the lyrics and the verses, the verses were like, do you sometimes let your hand slip away? Something just feels different about you, babe. Um, and then it was like all those crazy drunk nights out. Like, I don't believe that you just like pass that on the couch. Kind of talking about that whole situation. Um, and that, that song always like, anytime I hear that, it just brings me back to kind of that emotion of, of breaking up and kind of feeling like lied to. So that's, that one's probably mine. Mm. I don't have a like a go-to breakup song. It's kind of the anti um whenever I go through breakups I don't listen to sad music because then I'll just like get really 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 sad and like in a really dark right. place. So typically okay. what I Good I gravitate <laughs> typically what I'll gravitate towards is kind of more like um like Vanga Boys. Vanga Boys. <laughs> <laughs> the Vanga Bus is coming. Is coming. Everybody's <laughs> jumping. <laughs> yeah. No, like, for real, though, I'll listen to, like, more, uh, like, uh, I'm a bad bitch type of music, where it's just, like, more, not necessarily empowering, but I'll listen to just stuff that's lighter lyrics and more playful, and uh, I also, yeah, like, a lot more, like, kind of, uh, like, I'm just trying to think of who I listened to break up recently. Like, a lot of, like, uh, Sophie Tucker, um, I can't can't name her because she's controversial, but um, like uh, Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like, uh, Don't fucking lie, bitch. I know. Caroline I know. and I like we we stand Azalea Banks so hard, Same. and I know that's like Same, controversial. Dude. But like, I just think that I'm not. We we don't endorse any of her behavior, but just like creative Same. wise and artist wise, there's just no. There's no one who I would want to see live more, mainly because she like cancels all of her shows. But if I could see Azalea Banks live, that is two one two. Two one two is a fucking oh, unbelievable masterpiece. Bitch. Oh my god, I'm rich, rich, rich. Uh, I mean that. Oh, what's the fucking one? Whole, oh, oh, oh. Uh, um, what's the one that goes like, uh, um, where she talks about being a mermaid? Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. What uh, you're talking Treasure about. Island. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Treasure yeah. Island. That fucking track Jeez. rules. I stand yeah. Azealia Banks. Listeners, um, she was just on As- True Anon. Go listen to her episode on True Anon. It was it was a fucking ride. I was gonna say, like as a person I don't endorse anything like to do with her, like as a person I want nothing to do with her, but like as an artist, as a creative, she's fucking innovative and talented as fuck. And like Which is such a weird situ- like sorry to cut you off. No, no, but no. But it's it. such it's just so interesting how I think kind of a lot of people are hitting that fork in the road with people where they love their music or they love their art and they love what they're creating. But that person might have done something like a little out of hand, like Azalea Banks saying that she cancels all white gay people, which I don't think is out of hand. I totally support that specifically, <laughs> but like it is a tough when you have to come to that point of being like, well, fuck, like, I love this person's music, but I also don't endorse, like, Azalea Banks as a person. It's it's weird. It's a tough trying to navigate that. 
Imagine yeah. opera fans during the Second World War when uh, Hitler used Wagner for a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, Imagine God. that exactly. <laughs> like, am I am I gonna stop listening to Two One Two? Absolutely not. No, you it's, know, it, it, it's immortal. The track is fucking immortal. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, to get back to the question, I like to listen to stuff that's very like rhythmic because usually whenever I break up, I feel really sad, and if I listen to stuff with like really intensive rhythmic elements i feel more like a human and, and it eventually gets me back to you know feeling feeling okay again it puts some good feelings in there and sometimes like sometimes even if it's not related that can be the best breakup song or it's something right. that it's just making you feel something else and especially if it's like an empowering or like dancey thing I, I, i'm kind of in the same boat with that yeah i guess totally. I, I guess i'll throw mine i have like i have Breakup songs specific to things like certain breakups or or like where I was at. And I don't know. That'll tend to be like a sadder song. I listen to a lot of fucking sad music. So there's (laughs) usually one that cropped up around that time. And it's like, okay, that captures this particular moment of sadness. But then you've got like the recovery music. And for me, I just try to find like the stupidest possible shit I can find. Like fucking hard pounding house music or something like, uh, Oh, it's coming to mind for me is Fiddler's uh, like eponymous fucking album that's got lyrics like uh, 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 I drink cheap beer. So what? Fuck you. <laughs> like it's so removed from Hell my yeah. situation and you're listening to that and you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go pound a fucking 40 of Miller High Life and like, I don't know, throw a fucking plate in a, in a back alley or something as my girlfriend has suggested is a good way to, to reveal uh, or relieve emotions. But it, like, there's kind of two. Sometimes you do want a little bit of the feelings there, and something associated with that, even if it's sad, can help like process it. But there's definitely you also you gotta have the recovery songs. You gotta just have some stupid amp up, ignorant shit, you know, to be like, fuck that person. I'm doing okay by myself, and so I'm gonna go get a golf club and uh, smash some you know bottles with it in the backyard while blasting, uh, you know, or like Dead Kennedy's police truck. You know, yeah. about how the cops Hell are yeah. evil fucking bastards. And I'm smashing the Hell bottles. Yeah. And then it's like two birds stoned at once. I'm knocking out my bad feelings about shitty fucking cops. And I'm knocking out my bad <laughs> feelings about, uh, you know, relationship that wasn't so great. Right. Need, I, I like the combo. I like the combo. It's called efficiency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to that end, I present to you my breakup song and my recovery song. The breakup song is Archangel by Burial. Oh, Jesus Uh, Christ. Couldn't be alone. Couldn't be alone. Loving you. Couldn't be alone. Couldn't be alone. Uh, Right for the heart rebellion out there. With the breakup recently, and you told me you were listening to it, and I was like, oh, no, dude, please don't do that. Please don't do that. You'll be in the wormhole forever. Uh, Recovery song is fucking best song ever by Wallpaper. That's, that's I don't think fucking, I know that song. I don't know that's that a banger. Song. <laughs> okay. Good good fucking answers. Good fucking answers all around. I just implore you not to listen to Burial with a breakup like Arthur because you will get really fucking sad. Because you can listen to that shit on a good day and you're gonna feel yeah, get real sad. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you Arthur, do you wanna you wanna give us this this uh last question we got in here? Alright, this one should be a slam dunk. We should be able to just fucking hurt this one. What's the largest age gap between you and someone you've hooked up with? What, in your opinion, <laughs> is the largest age gap allowed for people to hook up? Not for dating, just for a single sexual encounter. Mm. Uh, for me personally, 
I think the biggest age gap was when I was 21, I hooked up with a girl who was 28. Sure. I think that that's probably the largest for me. Um, rookie numbers. I know, I know. <laughs> I, uh, I'm like, age is something I'm like weirdly cautious about, which like I could talk about a whole episode like in that in and of itself. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that that's probably the, the largest for me for hookup. But I feel like dating wise, I mean, hookup wise, I feel like once you get to 21, it's kind of like anything goes, right? Yeah. I, yeah to me, right. like whenever I like, you know, hear of like 27 year olds hearing, hooking up with like 19, 20 year olds, I'm like, that's kind of fucked up. That's so um, weird. That's really weird. Like if, if you can't go to a bar with somebody, I'm kind of like, yikes. Um, but I, mean, I don't like, consider you, know, you a human being till you're 21 is how I do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't even buy cigarettes now unless you're 21. Did you guys know that? I did. Uh, my, my younger sister has been having trouble with that. She rolled over. Uh, 18, which would have been at like right around that fucking time. Uh, and uh, like, I, I for- totally forgot that was a fucking thing. Yeah. Like, I think that you have to be like, uh, or at least in Tennessee, you have to be 21 to buy cigarettes. Yeah, that's true. Well. Yeah. But, uh, no, I feel like once you hit 21, you know, and anything goes, I feel like, uh, like, it, like 21 to like, maybe like 45, is like kind of whatever. I feel like 50 and 21's a little I don't know why that number feels weird to me. But uh yeah. What about you guys? I'm, I'm big on the hard cutoff at 21. Uh if you're more than a few years above there. I don't know. You're fucking 22 and they're like 19. You could you're close enough. You could date that person. But like I feel you where it's like you're about 30 and somebody's like 19. Like that's there's just a life experience imbalance that I think is going to be clean cut pretty much across the board there. And I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't do that. Um, in general here. Okay. I guess I answer the first part first, like longest age gap for me was uh, a gal eight years older than me when I was 25. And again, like I, that's, I think that's pretty reasonable, right? You're both like past drinking age. You're both into adulthood. Like, yeah, it, 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 that, that's not such a big deal. Whereas like eight below, that would obviously be pretty fucked. Uh, right, right. As far as like what's allowed though, it, it, the component for for me here, and it's hard to articulate because it really depends on where the person's at and what the situation is. Because I think there is an inherent uh, power imbalance with age. If you're somebody who's 45 and you got somebody who's, you know, right there at 21, there's a power imbalance in the sense of, like, both life experience, possibly, like, financially or just, like, connection-wise. And I'm saying this completely outside of, like, you know, a clear-cut situation where, like, it's your boss or, like, you work with this person or something along those lines. And I don't think that's always going to be the case and that's always going to be wrong, but I think that's something to take into consideration where, like, because I, I, I don't know, just it's just the image of like, I, I picture myself at 21, you know, I, you're a person like I was pretty established. I figured things out. But at the same time, like I was kind of pretty ignorant and out of touch with myself. You know, it's a process for everybody to get there. Some people at 21 are going to be above where the fuck I'm at right now. And, and some people aren't going to be in a great place. And yeah. if it's a situation like that where it's a 21 year old at a bar who is in kind of this naive place, especially if they don't have a lot of experience and like some 50 year old rolls up knowing that and kind of preying on that 
that's where that gets to be an issue. That, that's a huge power imbalance, and I don't like that. But again, that's not always going to be the case. And so I think just kind of above that kind of hard 21 guideline, it, it, like it, it, it is kind of tough. I think the power imbalance is going to be more likely the larger that that age gap is. But again, it's not always necessarily going to be true. It's It, it really is kind of a matter of, of where each person is at. And I also, I to, to piggyback off of that, I also, I may sound like a Neanderthal for saying this, and like this is a me issue if that's the case, but I feel like gender also has a big part in this as well. Like, mm. if you are a 60-year-old man trying to hit on like a 21-year-old girl, that just feels gross to me. You know what I mean? Whereas like, if it's a 60-year-old woman trying to get with a 21-year-old guy, that just feels different. And that is, you know, I think a, re- a reflection of like, you know, like you said, power dynamics and stuff like societally. Um, but there's that component to me. I just like, I remember like my friend hooked up with this really older like dude and he had a daughter that was like the same age as her. And I'm just like, oh, bro, oh, what? Yeah, that's, it, it, Come it's on. Weird. Like and that's the shit. Cause... And that's why I'm kind of like that 50, 60 range. It's just like, ugh, a 21 year old. It's like, you could have a, a kid that's the same age or you do, you know? Right. And again, it, it, it should not have to be like that. But the fact of the matter is we live in a fucking patriarchal society where there is a lot of fucking actively creepy dudes who are attempting to leverage that to their advantage. And so I don't want to say gender inherently plays a part into that in the shitty society that we're in. I think that is a component that you got to address. So I, I totally feel what you're saying. Yeah, I think that in regards to dating, there has to be some type of like equation that's like your age plus like two point something years that like increases as it goes on. Cause it's like a 21 year old dating a 24 year old is like, can seem like a little bit of a bigger age. But then once you get into like a 34 year old, them dating like a 41 year old doesn't, it seems like the right. same. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. It's like the older you get, the less weird it gets. Um, I mean, in regards to to hooking up with people <laughs> older than myself, I'm currently 17, so it's hard to say. <laughs> um, but um, I mean, I think that Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll say this: I feel like I've hooked up with someone old enough where it, they would have taken offense to me asking their age if that Same. tells you anything. Same. So if it's like they they were old enough where I don't know their age because it would have been inappropriate to be like, how old are you? Like, yeah. that would have been <laughs> rude. So, I mean, you guys can make up your mind as to how old you think that is. Probably, I mean, like, definitely a 20-year age gap. Yep. That a boy. I got a similar situation. <laughs> uh, you know, but I also, I will say that there is, like, I don't know. I think it's a little bit different with, like, gay men because... Like, I mean, obviously nowadays we're at a point where, like, kids are coming out in high school. Kids are coming out in, like, middle school as being gay. But for the longest time, it wasn't until you were in kind of, like, your early 20s that you came out as gay, which is when I came out. So I feel like there is an element of kind of, like, connecting with people who might be older because you kind of came out around the same time and also i mean i would consider myself like not an older soul but like i these these were people these hookup situations were people that i like really got along with and i'm still friends 
with to this day. So it wasn't a situation like where there was as much of a power imbalance where it wasn't like a creepy situation. It's people who I'm like still close with. And, and it also like, wasn't career. You know what I mean? It wasn't career based. Yeah. No. Yeah. There is a rule. It is the standard creepiness rule as set out by uh, the creator of the webcomic XKCD in comic 314 of that series. The rules is as follows. Your age divided by two plus seven is the minimal socially acceptable age for you to date. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, and there has to be an equation that it sounds like that's what that yes. is. Yes. Yeah, so that's if I divide my age in at 30, 31, yeah. 31 divided by half, that's 15.5, plus 7, 22. Me with a 22-year-old? I think that's the yeah, like, Right on the, the line. Limit. That's, that's right yeah. on the line. I didn't know well, where that Caroline... came from either, because I've been thinking about that forever. I've always kind of like used that in my head. I think that's fair, though. That puts me at like about 21, and I feel like, I don't know, anybody above my age, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pull up a bit. And that's kind of the hard limit we're talking about. You got all the privileges afforded to you. I don't know, in terms of like age-based shit in our society, uh, you know, you're not somebody like in a bar with a a, a fake ID or something and some fucking dude comes in and you have no experience and that's super imbalanced. Settling around that 21 limit with like a little bit of a buffer zone, I feel like is about what we're getting at. And I I, I think that's going to work most of the time. Yeah, Caroline says it, and I couldn't agree more. It's not weird for a 20-year-old to want to hook up with a 40-year-old, but imagining the flip side of, like, <laughs> like if a tw- like if a 20-year-old wants to hook up with me, I'm currently 24. Like, if a 20-year-old wants to hook up with me, I wouldn't consider that weird. But me thinking about hooking up with a 20-year-old seems really weird to me. And I think that it's that's true. where the lines get blurry is, like, I can't imagine dipping any lower than 21. Do I think it's weird for people younger than 21 to want to hook up a little bit older within like legal age limits? I mean, no, I I was in that boat. I did that. But I think it starts to get weird when it's like, okay, yeah, I was chill when I was 20 hooking up with people that are older than me. But like now that I am older, I'm like, whoa, that's so weird that they were that age and hooked up with me. Not that I like look back on it with like having any regret, but it, it does just kind of, paints a different picture once you get older thinking about kind of some of the older conquests that you had definitely it's true definitely i'm thinking now i'm like 28 i'm like where was i at 18 i was still wearing motherfucking cargo shorts unfortunately (laughs) that continues into me being like 21 and 22 just (laughs) traded them out for some white linen pants there we go (laughs) i'm killing it dude i got fucking uh i got some pizzazz some fucking flair on this a little abstract art with this. I spilled the red wine twice. I didn't want to divulge it, but it did it again. Halfway. <laughs> so, I hope this shit cleans out. I'm sure. Arthur, it will. did you give? Did you give your age buffer? Uh, I did sort you... of alluded to it. It's around 25 years. Uh, oh, okay, she got you. Yeah, like a Tinder hookup situation. How old were you when it happened? 24. Okay. 24 with like a nearly 50 year old man. But you also have to set your age range on Tinder, so you were looking for it. Hey. This, this, this is true. This is true. <laughs> you can edit that age range. I'm going to yes, cast a wide net. You're going to catch a lot of fish. Let me put it that way. We need to talk relationship experience, too, because Arthur had his first girlfriend when he was like 10 or some shit, if I remember correctly. 
So man's yeah. been through some heartbreak and relationships up to this point at 24. It's true. I'm a hardened <laughs> individual at that point. <laughs> Ever since that, uh, you know, girlfriend at 10 uh, stole your chocolate milk and never told you about it. And your heart was just torn asunder. You know, you, you were hardened by that. You were listening to that burial song back at 10. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had interdimensional headphones. I could hear into the future. I heard couldn't be alone. And I took it to heart. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did made it. it through the, the, giant fucking uh tsunami of questions that uh y'all were, were able to get through us po- posting that link so thanks to everybody who uh sent them in and thanks to carolina clinton for coming on the show we're giving uh we got people standing up in the stance <laughs> thanks for oh, you yeah. know talking with us and having us on absolutely. absolutely thanks for sticking around this was this was a long one <laughs> yeah Oh, it's it's fucking it's fucking. This is what I was saying. I don't like drinking just being by myself. I'm part of the fun of like recording this is having and having guests is like, you know what I mean. This is like I feel like I'm going out or something. That's it, it's, it's true. Good. It's true. Before we uh before we get into kind of our end credits, uh, we've mentioned that y'all's uh single solo is out. We're gonna put the dis- uh, the link to that music video in the description. I know you guys probably don't have any shows coming up, but do you have anything else, uh, Caroline or Clinton, that you guys you guys want to plug? Um, in uh, in June, I will be kind of posting stuff um, on behalf of BitchFit, just trying to shine the light on some really badass people in the uh, queer community here in Nashville. We're going to be aiming to showcase somebody every day, um, doing anything from cooking to making drinks and woodworking and obviously, you know, musicians, dancers, drag queens, stuff like that. So if anybody wants to get involved in that project, please um, email us, uh, DM us on Instagram. Um, But we're going to be starting that for, you know, June 1st for the month of Pride. Um, And we also will be throwing some sort of virtual Pride celebration at some point. So if you want to follow... Bitch Fit Nashville on Instagram um, and keep up with the queer community in Nashville. And our plan was to expand outside of Nashville this year, but that'll be a 2021 thing. Um, yeah, just follow us and uh, be in contact with us and let us know what you want to see. Fuck yeah. We'll, we'll put Into a link it. to that in the uh, description too. Clinton, you got oh, yeah. anything else you want to you put out here? Yeah, um, my next single, Fresh, is coming out June 12th. Um, just decided that right now um so so yeah um so yeah exclusive for radio free tote bag um (laughs) yeah so that but no no shows unfortunately um i'm trying to think is there anything else coming up not really nope just that single Boom. Right on. We'll we'll put your guys uh social uh handles in the in the description as well so anybody out there i don't know how the fuck works on your app mine you click a little eye and some stuff comes up there's like clickable links in there and stuff so you don't have to you don't have to be googling stuff you can just press the button it's wonderful it's the future incredible okay arthur what it was what is our intro music <laughs> our intro song is the song solo by stasny mav and clinton john you can find it all the places we previously mentioned and in the description of this episode and our outro song is We Like to Party with an exclamation point in parentheses, the Vanga Bus by Vanga Boys. And if you're listening to this, hey, maybe you're in a breakup and you're listening to like Burial or some shit. 
Just put this shit on repeat <laughs> until you feel better. Uh, just trust, trust me on that one. Folks, I want to thank you all for listening to this episode of Radio Free Tote Bag. I'm very grateful to have you with us. I want to give another big thank you to our guest this week. Fucking, let's hear it. Let's fucking thank you guys so it. much. Seriously, y'all are right. Thank yeah, you so thank much. Thank you guys for having us. It was a fucking great time. For coming on. That was fun as hell. Uh, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? What? What's up? I love you. Thanks. Bye. Mm-hmm. Mwah.